0: In this episode of Hitch to Homicide, we inadvertently refer to the University of Idaho as the University of Iowa. Although it doesn't impact the facts of the case, we apologize for the mistake.
1: August, 2017, Corning, New York. 47-year-old Lloyd Nyrider has a plan. He's tired of making child support payments for his 14-year-old daughter, and he's fought a custody battle with his ex-wife for years, and he'd had enough. So he hatched a plan to murder Michelle and make it look like a suicide. When it came to fruition, no one believed that Michelle would take her own life, and when authorities went digging, they found more information than they ever imagined. He was charming and charismatic, more cult leader than father, and over time, he brainwashed his own daughter, Carrie, into worshiping him, believing him, and trusting him enough to help carry out his murderous plan. This is the story of Lloyd, Michelle, and Carrie Nyrider. Choose mom or dad, life or death. Hey, y'all. I'm Chris Calvert,
0: And I'm her husband, Rob Potter. Welcome to Hitch to Homicide.
1: For better or worse. Till
0: death do us part.
1: back everybody yes
0: welcome 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 oh no and for all of our english-speaking friends welcome 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 (laughs) there you go
1: (laughs) this is what i live with
0: well Sometimes you just got to do
1: what you got to do. It's true. Wherever you're listening, be sure to like, rate, and review. That helps other people to find us. You can also join our closed Facebook group, The In-Laws and Outlaws. It's H2H In-Laws and Outlaws. I say that because somebody joined, and when they answered the three questions, they said, I had a hard time finding you guys because (laughs) I didn't say H2H. So do put the H2H in there. We have a lot of fun in there. We discuss all these crimes from Hitch to Homicide.
0: And we have some wacky people on the H two H page. It's we great. do. Lots it's of great. fun.
1: Everybody's everybody's a comedian in
0: there. <laughs> I love it. It's
1: true. It's <laughs> a lot true.
0: of dad humor. <laughs> which I'm into.
1: A <laughs> lot of sick humor, dad humor, funny humor. It's all there. It's all there. So go join.
0: One of my favorite commercials right now is the the trying to teach your the homeowners not to be their parents like their parents yeah, the, guy the, the guy in the elevator <laughs> yeah
1: the guy in the elevator the guy in the elevator yeah, it's perfect mm-hmm. and rob was like that's so funny and i even said rob that's you <laughs> rob is, gets in an elevator with 15 strangers and comes out with 15 friends well every time like, me on the other hand i get in there i mind my own business <laughs> always uh, mind my own business unless i ask somebody what floor they want to go to but other right. than that i'm like yeah let's just get there let's just get there <laughs> before i get started i want to thank some sources the elmira star gazette the rochester democrat and chronicle w e n y news the daily mirror people magazine nbc's mastermind of a murder CBS's 48 hours parenting for brain.com The Salt Lake Tribune, and WETM in Elmira, New York. Good.
0: Well, let's do it.
1: Michelle Jeanette Laundie is born on February 2nd, 1971, in Van Nuys, California, Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Her parents are Kenneth and Jeannie. Lloyd J. Nyrider is born on September 17th, 1972. It's hard to find much on his or Michelle's early life. I couldn't even locate Lloyd's parents' names or his family. I think I found them, but without knowing for sure, I'm gonna leave it out. It's pretty clear loads of his family members have distanced themselves from this case. Right. And of course, we honor that decision. Sure. Here's what we do know Michelle and Lloyd met in high school. She was just about to graduate. He was younger than she was. And according to Michelle's mom, Jeannie, They threw Michelle a graduation party, and she invited Lloyd. Hmm. These two fall fast and hard in love. I think they both grew up in California, but I could be way off. There are other podcasts who've said that they grew up in upstate New York. I'm pretty sure that's not true. But Michelle was super smart, as was Lloyd. And Michelle was known for her great sense of humor and her quick wit. Gotta love a quick wit.
0: And her dad jokes.
1: And I don't think she had dad (laughs) jokes, but I think she was really funny. Right. But after these two fall in love, they get married December 7th of 1991. Michelle is 20 and Lloyd is 19. Hmm. So they go off to college in 1992 as a married couple to the University of Iowa in Moscow, Iowa. It's the same school where the four students were murdered just this past fall of 2022. Madison, Kaylee, Zanna and Ethan. Right. At the University of Iowa, they lived in married housing called Village Park, where apparently nothing worked because that's how I discovered they went to the University of Iowa. There was a newspaper article where they're both quoted as condemning the university (laughs) because nothing in their apartment was working. It was pretty funny.
0: That's pretty much any university. I mean, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah, it
1: is the 90s. Nothing worked. Yeah. She majored in English. Lloyd majored in engineering. And again, I said, they're both really smart and they both had a bright future ahead of them. In 1995, Lloyd and Michelle have their first child, a daughter. And then they added to the family in 1997, a second daughter, Carrie. Hmm. And it seems as though after graduation, they lived in a couple of different places before moving to Corning, New York. But that's where they went because Lloyd took a job as an engineer. I believe that was 1999. Now, Corning is a small town that sits on the Chemung River in upstate New York in Steuben County. It's the home of Corningware. Oh, wow. And in 2020, it had a population of 10,000 people, small town. Hmm. And if you don't know what Corningware is, it's pyroceram or cookware that's resistant to thermal shock. Yeah. And this is the same company that introduced Pyrex to the world.
0: So what state and city wears Tupperware? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, just checking. <laughs>
1: Upper where, West Virginia. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> but Corning is a really small town where everybody knew everybody. And I read it's the kind of place where people don't lock their doors. Mm. And Corning calls themselves America's most fun small town. Oh, wow. Which I thought was really sweet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Michelle homeschooled the children early on, and they were super smart like their parents. They were great readers. They were really good writers. Michelle would eventually teach at Elmira College, which was about a half hour away from Corning. She was a lecturer in the writing program, and the girls eventually did go to regular school with other people. All right. The family settles into their lives in Corning, and in 2003, they have a third daughter. Now, I know the names of these girls, but it seems to me the family has gone to great lengths to protect them, so there's no reason for me to use their names either. Sure, Lloyd is a devoted father. He was always with the girls. He was part of all of their activities. There's an interview with one of Carrie's friends that she took dance class with. By the way, Michelle was the VP of the new Heights Dance Theater. So mm. she's really involved, too. Okay, But Lloyd would be the one to bring Carrie to dance class. And he would actually do her hair. Yeah. And Lloyd is very charming. He's, he's a dance dad. He's a, He is a dance dad. Yeah. And Dance communities, dance parents, dance moms, dance dad, they're a really close-knit group. Right. But Lloyd is smart, and he's charismatic, and the other dance moms had a little bit of a crush on him. <laughs> he was a strict disciplinarian with the girls, and sometimes it became a bit too much for the bystanders to handle. One friend of Carrie's, Mina, said that Lloyd would get angry over really small things. Really? And when Carrie did something that he didn't like, he would say... Front and center, down on your knees. What? He would humiliate Carrie in front of everyone. Oh, my gosh. And he was even known to slap his young daughter in the face. Wow. This is called coercive parenting. Yeah. Where the parent is an authoritarian, they hit, they scold, they use psychological control to enforce compliance. They're over-controlling and they assert a higher power over the child. This is different than authoritarian parenting, which most of us do, which enforces compliance through reasoning, negotiation, and is an outcome-oriented approach. Right. So authoritarian parenting is timeout, yeah. not. Drop and give me 20, or on your knees and a smack in the face. Right. Coercive parenting makes the adult the center of the child's universe. It's kind of like having a cult leader for a father. Hmm. And if Lloyd treated his daughters this way, you can only imagine how he treated his wife, Michelle. Yeah. Thanksgiving, 2007, Michelle stops talking to her parents. Lloyd's cutting her off from any outside support system. And Michelle's parents think that Lloyd's threatened her, threatened that he would harm the children or her. Lloyd is also making himself the center of Michelle's world. And if she's cut off from her parents, she has no place to go. And one time, Lloyd actually called Michelle's mother, Jeannie, and told her that Michelle and one of their daughters had died in a car accident. Oh, my God. Because he thought Michelle was talking to her mom too much. <laughs> wow. Seriously? Wow. That's crazy. Wow. That's crazy. So obviously, this isn't a, a relationship that's sustainable. Yeah. Him being so overbearing with all the women in his life. And in 2008, Lloyd wants a divorce. He takes a job in New Jersey and he wants a new life away from Michelle. Now, the divorce between Michelle and Lloyd is going to drag on for years. Mm. And when I say years, I mean years. Really? But while the divorce proceedings are happening, Lloyd is rarely in Corning, New York. He's rarely there to see his daughters. And meanwhile, Michelle's getting her groove back. Michelle's getting her confidence back. And in 2013, she moved into a new home on Dwight Avenue in Corning. Mm. But Lloyd is a constant problem. Lloyd's the fly in the ointment. He's always harassing Michelle. And during their divorce, she called the police on him several times because she felt threatened. But the divorce that started in 2008 isn't going to be finalized in 2013 when she moves into her new home. It isn't going to be finalized until 2013. Seventy. Holy cow. Because Lloyd wants sole custody of their youngest daughter. He doesn't want to pay alimony. He doesn't want to pay child support.
0: So he hasn't been doing any of this the entire time.
1: I think, no, he's been paying his child support and his alimony, but he wanted custody of the of the youngest daughter. Gotcha. And so he's dragging it out. And a divorce can't be final until the custody issues are settled. Right. So he's been dragging this divorce out for nine years Jeez. because they can't come to this custody agreement. And by 2017, his oldest daughter's already living with him. And the middle daughter, Carrie, is 19 years old and she's gone off to college. And the youngest who is now 14 is the only one who lives at home. Okay. I'm going to call her S. I'm not going to use her name. S isn't even in her name, okay. <laughs> but I am going to just use an initial for her. Okay. For those nine years, Lloyd made Michelle's life a living hell. He was constantly verbally and physically abusing Michelle, and she started to get her life back on track. She's working at Corningware, and she was speaking with her parents again. She was really involved in her church, and she and her good friend, who just happened to be her divorce attorney, Susan Bajitstamer. We're planning a culinary trip to Italy. Oh, wow. Amazing. Nice. Yeah. I love Italy. We love eating we, in Italy. Yep.
0: <laughs> we, our favorite country.
1: Yeah, it is our favorite country. And my
0: favorite city is
1: Florence. Yeah. Yep. Oh, Beautiful. Yep. But back to the living hell part, Lloyd was trying to use every legal trick in the book. He kept making claims against Michelle. He had 26 post-decree motions After the divorce. Wow. All because he didn't want to pay $6,000 a month in child support and alimony. man. So he wanted custody of S in order not to pay the child support. All right. Michelle said that Lloyd tried to turn the girls against her. It's Mm. called parental alienation. If Mm. you've been through a divorce and your ex is bad-talking you, this is what it is. It's emotional child abuse. And here are some of the signs. General bad-mouthing making the target parent appear dangerous or sick, sharing court cases and child support issues with the child, accusing the targeted parent of not loving the child, defaming the targeted parent in front of authorities, restricting visitation, sharing parental conflict and marriage issues with the child, making negative remarks about the targeted parent's extended or new family intercepting calls and messages from the target parent and hiding the child or just flat out moving away.
0: In other words, they're just buttholes. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and they're using the child as a pawn. Yeah. This person is using the child as a pawn. Sure. And like I already said, the oldest daughter's already living with Lloyd. But Carrie has enrolled in Rochester Institute of Technology in Rochester, New York. Her major is computer engineering technology. Wow. And Carrie, who's the middle daughter, and her father have a really special relationship. She was very close to her dad, and she always told her dad how much she did not like her mom. Oh, wow. And her father was definitely alienating her mother. He always talked bad about Michelle to Carrie, and Carrie frankly didn't like her mother, and she was really vocal about it mm. to lots of people.
0: That's too bad.
1: So when Lloyd came to Carrie in the summer of 2017 to say that your mom is draining me dry of all my assets, and I need to figure a way out of it. Mm. It didn't seem unusual to Carrie because her dad shared this kind of information with her. Just like I said before, he was bad-mouthing Michelle from the beginning. Right. So Lloyd tells Carrie that there's a life insurance policy for $200,000. And Lloyd's got $100,000 in credit card debt alone. Mm. And if something should happen to Michelle, Lloyd would become the sole parent of S., And the custodian of the $200,000 policy, which the youngest daughter is the beneficiary of.
0: Folks, this is what's known as motive.
1: Motive. Exactly. (laughs) And then Lloyd says it. He tells Carrie that either he's going to have to kill Michelle or he's got no choice but to kill himself. Wow. If I don't kill your mother, I'm going to commit suicide. Wow. So he makes Carrie choose. It's her or me. And Carrie chooses the man who's brainwashed her her entire life. The man who's told her that her mother tried to run her over with her car because she wanted to kill her. Wow. I mean, there was this one incident where Carrie was trying to stop her mom from leaving and she stood in front of the car and her mom was like, please get out of the way. And she started the car and Carrie was like, my mom tried to kill me. And she even filed something with the police. over. Oh,
0: geez.
1: Well, her dad encouraged her to. Wow. So Carrie chooses to help Lloyd, her father. Mm. She's going to help her dad kill her mother. Friday, August 25th, 2017, Lloyd and Michelle are supposed to meet at the courthouse in Steuben County for a hearing on the custody case. But the case is dismissed that day because Lloyd didn't even show up Mm. and he didn't withdraw and he didn't ask for more time. When they called him, he didn't answer the court's phone calls or emails. And this case is just dismissed. He didn't show up. Hmm. And 25 years of marriage is finally over. Wow. And Michelle has custody of the daughter. And Michelle celebrates. It's over. She's finally done with Lloyd. Hmm. Not so fast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is what's known as hinky.
1: Hmm. Saturday, August 26th, Carrie is moving into her apartment on the RIT campus. Helping her that day, her father, Lloyd Nyrider. He helps her move in, and then he checks into a hotel in Rochester, the Microtel, I believe that's what it was called, to spend the night. And he takes Carrie to dinner at Olive Garden. And then the two of them drive back to Corning together in Carrie's car. Now, here's how it all goes down. On the night of the 26th of August, Carrie walks into her mother's house to, quote, scope it out, end quote. Those are her words. Okay. She disconnects any electronic devices that would show that her father was in the home. So I guess a ring doorbell or a security camera. Sure. Her mom's upstairs and her 14-year-old sister S is asleep on the couch. Carrie lets her father in the home. He doesn't have a key. He's not welcome there. And this is Michelle's home. This is the one that she bought on her own. Right. Lloyd goes upstairs to Michelle's room. These two can't stand each other. And he didn't show for their final custody hearing and she won. So you can only imagine what she might be thinking when she sees him barging into not only her home, but her bedroom unannounced. Wow. Michelle yells at Lloyd asking, what are you doing? More importantly, why are you here? Yeah. And Michelle is yelling, why, why? And Lloyd struggles with Michelle and then he begins to strangle her. Wow. And Michelle is screaming for help. And two of her daughters are in the house. And no one is coming to her rescue. The youngest daughter, S, who's asleep on the couch, she wakes up because of all this commotion. And Carrie tells her, it's not safe in the house anymore. You're coming with me. Mom's freaking out again. Hmm. So Carrie puts S in her car. And then Carrie goes back into the house to see what's going on. She knows her father's murdering her mother. Sure, yeah. But she's back in to see what's happening. And upstairs in Michelle's bedroom, Lloyd has murdered his ex-wife. He has strangled her and suffocated her with a towel.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Michelle is dead. Wow. Now, Carrie is going to help her dad position her mother's body to make it look like it's a suicide. Oh, wow. She helps him carry her from the bedroom to the top of the stairs. They're going to make it look like it was a hanging So they have to get Michelle's body downstairs and a noose around her neck. And they tie the rope off and they put her at the bottom of the stairs. So it looks like Michelle has hung herself. Now, it's crazy.
0: Well, and it's just like any autopsy or an investigation is going to know that it wasn't a hanging. Are they? Okay.
1: Just hang on. Hang on. Keep going. Michelle is dead, but there's a problem. How are they going to get S, the youngest sister, back to Rochester with her older sister, Carrie, without the younger sister seeing her dad, Lloyd, without seeing Lloyd? Yeah. So here's what Carrie does. She opens the hatch to the back of her car, and then she distracts her sister, and Lloyd comes sneaking out of the house in the shadows. He crawls into the back of the car, and then Carrie gets out and closes the hatch like, oh, I I forgot to shut the hatch. She shuts the hatch, and away they go. And this little girl, the 14-year-old daughter, is none the wiser. And Lloyd is in the back of this car in this hatchback laying down going, mission accomplished. Wow. Okay. Monday, August twenty-eighth, 2017, a parent shows up at Michelle's house because he's there to pick up S for swim practice. He goes to the door. Nobody's answering. And he looks through the door. She has this front door that has like three little windows at the top. And he looks through the door and he can see Michelle at the bottom of the stairs. And he's pounding on the door. She's not moving. She's not answering the door. So he calls 911 and says that Michelle, the mother, is standing in the stairwell, but she's motionless. And he says, quote, I'm concerned. So first on the scene is Corning police officer John McDivitt. He can see through the window at the door. He can see Michelle standing in the stairwell. She's not moving. And he opens the door because the door's unlocked. Right. And he finds Michelle. There's a cord around her neck. Her feet are dangling. They're barely touching the ground. There's a rope above her that's tied off to the railing of the stairs above on the second floor. Okay. And Michelle has no pulse. There were stages of decomposition and stages of lividity in her body. It looks like a suicide by hanging. Hmm. So they clear the house to make sure no one else is there. And then they begin to collect evidence. Now, there's no forced entry. Front door was open. There's no indication that anyone has been in the house. There's nothing missing. Her car is there. Her car keys are there. Her purse is there. Her jewelry is there. It looks like a suicide. Michelle, though, is devoutly religious. She loved working at Corningware. She was involved in all kinds of volunteer work. She knew everyone, loved her. And more importantly, all of her friends say there is no way that Michelle would take her own life. She was celebrating because of this custody case. It's over with Lloyd. Sure. And she would started this new life. And more importantly than that, remember I said she's deeply devout in her relationship with God. Right. And she wouldn't take her own life because to Michelle— Suicide was equal to murder. It was self-murder. Right. Now, the neighbors know that Carrie's gone off to school. She's in Rochester, 100 miles away. And the only one at home is supposed to be the 14-year-old. But the 14-year-old isn't in the house. And she was supposed to go to swim practice. Right. And everyone is thinking, why would Michelle kill herself? She's got this daughter to take care of now. She was so excited about starting her life over again. It it just didn't make sense. And more importantly, the 14-year-old is missing. Right. So. Now they're worried we have a suicide, but we also have a missing child. So the Corning Police Department tries to locate the 14-year-old S. And when they can't find her, they start contacting relatives. They called Lloyd in New Jersey. Lloyd's not answering. And then authorities get a phone call from 19-year-old Carrie. She's calling the police from her apartment in college at RIT in Rochester And she basically says that her friends had called her earlier that day to tell her that her mom had hung herself. Mm. So Carrie tells the authorities that S is with her in her dorm. She tells the police that she'd been home in Corning the night before. She tells police that on that Saturday night, August 26th, she'd moved into her apartment at RIT. But she decided to go home and sleep in her room one last time. And she tells them that she left RIT, Rochester, At 1030 p.m., she drives an hour and a half from Rochester back to Corning, and when she walked in, she and her mother had a huge fight. Quote, when I got there, my mom started freaking out and screaming, and she woke S. up, and S. was afraid. End quote. Okay. Carrie said that her mother was freaking out and screaming, and that it freaked out S. She tells the police that her mother accused her of always taking her father's side. And according to Carrie, she tells her mother this isn't true, and she's only there because she wants to stay in the house one more night before the semester started because she wouldn't get to see her mom or her sister very much. Okay. And according to Carrie, her mother, Michelle, thought her daughter was lying and that it wasn't true that she wanted to spend time with her, and she was just screaming and losing her mind. Okay. And it's at this point that Carrie decides that S isn't going to be safe at her mom's house that night. So she tells her little sister, quote, let's get in the car. Mom's going crazy, end quote. Carrie tells the police that she drove them both back to her apartment dorm room in Rochester.
0: So everything is kind of making sense at this point.
1: To the police, it's making sense. And to prove it all, Carrie puts little sister S on the phone with detectives and they ask her what she remembers about the night. And she tells him that she was asleep on the couch. She heard an argument. It woke her up. And she says, what's happening? Is mom okay? Because she could hear her mom screaming. So she didn't know what her mom was saying, but she heard the screams. Right. Then she remembers Carrie putting her in the car and saying, you're coming with me. Mom is freaking out again. Mm. Carrie also tells police that her parents' marriage was terrible. Crummy was the word that kept coming up. (laughs) And this was followed by a bitter divorce and a long legal battle over custody. Carrie loved her dad very much. He was her hero. And Lloyd was always working the angle that he was their rock and the only one they needed to listen to. He was the good parent, even though he was the one who left Corning, divorced their mother, and didn't see him very often.
0: Right.
1: So they ring Lloyd up. He's very cooperative and charming on the phone. They ask Lloyd if he's had any contact with his ex-wife, Michelle. And he says, well, last time he saw Michelle or had contact was five weeks ago. Maybe. Hmm. He tells them, I'm in California. I'm in California. I'm business. So when Michelle's body is found on August 28th, Lloyd is thousands of miles away. But he tells police that he had been in New York the night of August 26th into the morning of the 27th, Rochester, New York, with Carrie. He'd checked into a microtel in Rochester so he could visit Carrie and help her move back into her dorm. Lloyd says that he drove to Rochester in the afternoon, helped Carrie with her stuff, and then they had dinner together. To which I say, then why, Carrie? If your dad is in Rochester to see you, Do you drive an hour and a half back to Corning to spend just one more night in your bed at your mom's house while your dad is down the street at a hotel? Right. And they're supposed to have breakfast the next morning. Okay. Still, Lloyd tells police that he stayed at the hotel, had breakfast with the girls the next morning, and then he drove all the way to Newark. Seven hours to Newark Mm. in order to catch his flight to California. Okay. He says that Carrie is the one who told him. Michelle is dead. When they ask Lloyd, was there any history or indication that Michelle would do something like this? Because remember, all her friends have gone to the police and said, Michelle would never commit suicide. Lloyd says, quote, yeah, actually lengthy, meaning Mm. her history of hurting herself. Uh. Quote, what I hear from the kids, and I understand I'm hearing that secondhand, but what I hear is of escalating outbursts where she's screaming out of control, breaking doors in the house. This has been an escalating trend that had me, frankly, alarmed, end quote. Wow. Guy's a good actor. Very charismatic, remember? He's like a cult leader, so very charismatic. Yeah. So the authorities are back to the suicide. But Michelle's attorney, Susan, along with nearly every friend of Michelle's, called the police in Corning to say, no way this is a suicide. You can't stop looking. You can't just leave it at a suicide. Don't walk away from this case. Right. But there's evidence that supports that it was a suicide. But there's also evidence that supported that it wasn't a suicide. Really? Let's talk about the autopsy.
0: There you go. That's what I've been waiting for.
1: You've been waiting for it. Well, the coroner's report stated that she died on the night of August 26th or early in the morning of August 27th. And the first autopsy, because there's going to be two, came back as the cause of death, asphyxia, and the manner of death, undetermined. Mm. So they know how she died, but it's still up for debate how it happened, whether or not she actually hung herself. And when Michelle's body is autopsied, they discover something interesting. There's a mark across her chin, like the noose made a mark across her chin. She had ligature marks on her face and neck, and one of them is here across her chin, Hmm. as if the noose had been pulled down across her chin, which is the opposite of what the rope marks should have done. It's the wrong direction. Yeah. And she has injuries on her face where she'd clawed at herself. So it's not adding up. Yeah. But again, there's not enough evidence that it wasn't a suicide because she could have hung herself and then changed her mind. I mean, they're coming up with all kinds of theories. Sure. Two days after Michelle dies, Lloyd is back from California and he has his first face to face with investigators on the case. I've seen the videotape of this and Lloyd is wearing his wedding ring, which I thought was interesting Hmm. because they've been in this divorce battle for nine Nine years. years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But just 36 hours after Michelle's death, and just as soon as he makes it into Corning, Lloyd is at the courthouse turning off his child support and alimony payments.
0: Uh, okay.
1: And when police see him at the courthouse, they say, Hey, you're Lloyd. Why'd you get in the car? Let's have a little chat. Mm. Well, can we just have a little chit-chat? Yeah. And Detective Volpa of the Corning PD, he gets Lloyd in his car and Lloyd starts talking about Michelle. He tells them that Michelle would throw tantrums. She would open a door and scream things down the stairs and then she'd slam her bedroom door. And according to Lloyd, she did this so many times that she broke the doorframe. He tells Detective Volpa that Carrie told him that Michelle was screaming and furious and completely out of control. And Carrie was afraid it wasn't safe for her and her sister to be there. And the police weren't surprised there was no love lost between Lloyd and Michelle because everybody in town, this is a small town. Right. Everybody in town knew that these two couldn't stand each other. Okay. Still, the detectives ask Lloyd to walk them through his alibi for the night of the 26th and into the wee hours of the 27th of August. And here's what he tells them. He was in Rochester on Saturday, the 26th, with Carrie, helping to move her into her dorm. He and Carrie had gone to dinner. And he stayed in his hotel room after that. And they specifically asked Lloyd, Were you in your hotel room from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. on the 26th into the 27th? And he says, Yes,
0: mm.
1: and that he was by himself. And there is local hotel security footage that matches part of his story. The camera catches him checking in with a bag and going to his room. And then you see Carrie come into his room. And then they both leave and he gets into the car with Carrie. This is after dinner. Okay. The next morning, Lloyd is caught on camera again at 6:30 a.m. He's walking to his car and he's wearing the exact same clothes as the night before. He said that Carrie and S met him for breakfast the next morning, and then he drove the seven hours to Newark to catch a flight to California. And he's got receipts that he was in California and they looked at the cell phone records. And what they find is that his phone was in the hotel room in Rochester the entire night. Now, Lloyd has Michelle's body cremated. No surprise there. Sure. And then he tries to put into motion the wheels of collecting on the $200,000 life insurance policy. There it is. Again, the youngest daughter is the beneficiary. But Michelle's friends are keeping the pressure on the police. They want to know, do you have any new leads? What have you heard? And Michelle's family doesn't believe that she would commit suicide either. They think it's Lloyd. Mm. But he does have an alibi. Sure. The police really did want to do right by Michelle. So police go back to the crime scene photographs. And what they see with fresh eyes is that the bed in Michelle's bedroom seem to be pushed out of the bed frame. And I've seen this picture. I'll post it in the in-laws and outlaws. And it's not just pushed out of the bed frame. It is like off the bed frame. Mm.
0: Like a struggle. Happened.
1: It looks like there was a struggle. And they find a smear of something on the wall that the camera had not picked up. Now, I don't know if it's true or not that it they didn't see it. And it was just when they caught it on camera. It kind of looks like a smear on the wall to me from the get go. Right. But they do test this smear on the wall. They go back to the crime scene. They test this smear and it comes back as Michelle's blood. Ooh. And the district attorney, Brooks Baker, knows something went down in that room.
0: Yeah. Blood on the wall and the bed frame is all messed
1: up. This was not a suicide. Yeah. Now, they need to change the cause of death from undetermined to homicide. And what they discover is that the medical examiner that did the autopsy on Michelle had never done an autopsy on a hanging or a staged hanging case, which is a homicide. Right? They need to find another coroner who can give them a second opinion on Michelle's cause of death and manner of death. So they get this second opinion. They go to Albany County. They get a brand new medical examiner to take a look at all the notes from the autopsy and the photographs from the autopsy and the pictures of Michelle. And he looks at it and immediately says, This is no suicide. Oh, wow. There was damage to Michelle's throat. Ligature marks that were consistent with not hanging, but being strangled. Mm. She had bruising on her arms and hands like she put up a fight. And medical examiner number two says that Michelle is a victim of a homicide. Wow. And in a homicide, authorities are always looking to see who was the last person to see the victim alive. And that was... Carrie and Lloyd has already said Carrie and her mother did not get along. And Carrie has kind of said that she and her mom didn't get along either. And according to Michelle's closest friends, Carrie was, quote, openly contentious, end quote, Mm. of her mother.
0: This doesn't look good for Carrie.
1: It doesn't look good for Carrie. Mm -mm. There's even a story that Carrie had texted her mother something really ugly and her mother texted her back something kind in return and Carrie replied in a second text saying, quote, get off the cross, in oh, she was, Or as we say in the South, get off the cross, honey. Somebody needs the wood. <laughs> but she's saying, stop playing the martyr. Yeah. And Carrie knows her mother has a very deep faith. And being blasphemous like this would hurt her mom's feelings. Sure. And Michelle's friend said that Carrie hated her mother. Hmm. But this is the kind of influence that Lloyd had over Carrie. Sure. And Carrie is supposedly the last person to see her mother alive. Or was she? Hmm. So the police want to put Carrie's story to the test. Where had Carrie been that night? Was she where she said she was? Was she with her father? Had he helped her move into her apartment? And was her phone out to dinner with her? And then in Corning when she went to see her mom? Also, if she hated her mother so much, you know, why would she drive back? A hundred miles, so late at night, right after she's moved into her new place. Right. And she's gone off to school. I mean, usually when you head off to school, you don't want to turn around that same day and go home. exactly. But Carrie's cell records show that she met her dad at the hotel at 7 p.m. that night. And at 7.30 p.m., she and her father went to get dinner at the Olive Garden. At 8.49 p.m., Carrie and her dad go back to the hotel. At 10.01, Carrie starts driving to Corning. At 11.43 p.m., it's almost midnight, Carrie arrives at her mother's house. That's what her cell phone records showed. Okay. That's where her phone was. Now, in Carrie's earlier interview with authorities, she tells them that she was only at her mother's house for 15 minutes. Fought with her mom, grabbed her sister, got the heck fire out. Right. But the cell phone tower and the records show that she was in Corning for two hours.
0: Oops. Didn't count on that one.
1: And if she's got nothing to hide, why is she lying? Right. And two hours is ample time for someone to commit a murder. Right. And Lloyd has said, hey, I'm in California. And that checks out. So police are thinking, did Carrie kill her mother? Yeah. Yeah. But none of it adds up because Carrie's such a good student. She was friends with loads of people who would say, Carrie's not a murderer. Right. She and her mom didn't get along. She's not a murderer. She didn't have it in her. She's a really bright kid. And I think I read that she had never even had a speeding ticket. Mm. But the detectives are thinking there's no way that Carrie could have wrestled her mother or overpowered her mother in the first place. And 14-year-old S hears yelling and screaming while Carrie is downstairs with her. Right. So the police are thinking, who the hell is upstairs with Michelle? Right. It's got to be Lloyd. Yeah. But is he in California? Did he hire a hitman? Well, they look into Lloyd a little bit more. He's $100,000 in debt and was living way beyond his means. He's upside down because of child support. And now they discover, oh, there's a $200,000 life insurance policy. (laughs) And if S gets the payout, Lloyd is in charge of that money. So now we have motive. Yeah, But how did he do it? So that's when they go back and look at the hotel security footage. And they can see Lloyd get into the car with Carrie. And he's not on security cameras going back into his room that night when Carrie takes off for Corning. And when he's picked up again, he's wearing the same clothes the next morning at 630. So he's left his phone in the room. So they do a little digging on his phone records. And in the time that he is there, he's getting ready to leave for California. He's getting ready to take a trip. He's got a job interview. You would think he'd make a couple phone calls. He'd look to see if his flight was on time. Right. Any of those things. Yeah, There are no phone calls, no texts, not one bit of activity on that phone. Hmm. He did not touch his phone. Right. So his phone's in Rochester, but Lloyd is not. <laughs> and now police think that Carrie, who adored her father, who would do anything for her dad, she's covering for him. Sure. So they decide to tap. Carrie and Lloyd's phones. There we go. This is when it gets interesting.
0: (laughs) Bring it on.
1: Fall 2017, two months after Michelle's death, the authorities get wiretaps. It's mid November, and the authorities do what is known as tickling the wire.
0: (laughs) What is that?
1: So after they start listening in on Lloyd and Carrie, investor Volpe, the same guy who interviewed Lloyd in the car, he calls Carrie on her cell phone and says, Hey, Carrie, we have some more questions for you regarding your mom's death. Can you come into Corning so we can chat with you? And as soon as Carrie hangs up, she calls,
0: <laughs> Lloyd, she calls Daddy. her
1: dad. Yep. And Carrie says, quote, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. She says it three times. <laughs> and Lloyd replies, quote, yeah, I really don't want you to go through the stress of a face-to-face meeting because you've already signed statements and so forth. And Carrie says, quote, yeah, like, what if I forgot something? Oh, wow. And Lloyd says to her, can you call him Monday and say, look, I'm sorry, I didn't come back into town. It got too late. And I had a counseling appointment back in New Jersey. And Carrie says, yeah, I guess, to which Lloyd replies, quote, and tell them this has been really hard on me. And Carrie says, yeah, I feel like it could be fine. I don't know. Or it could be not fine. And I could go to jail or something. <laughs> Jeez. And Lloyd laughs and asks his daughter, quote, could you cry? End quote. Wow. And Carrie tells him, quote, I might. Oh. Wow. Lloyd tells her, quote, God, it would be nice if this was just over, to which Carrie says that would be the dream. Mm. Well, if it was anything more serious, I guess he'd have people coming after me anyways, right? And Lloyd laughs and says, quote, yeah, he wouldn't ask you to come walking in his front door. He'd say, I have a warrant. And then Lloyd laughs again. This asshole just cracks himself up, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it pisses me off when you hear this. It's crazy. Wow. And finally, Carrie says, quote, OK, well, if you think that's what's best, I'll trust you. End mm. quote.
0: That was her first mistake.
1: Well, and she does. She trusts him completely because he's conditioned her to do that her whole life. He's kind of the,
0: uh, he's the Jim Jones of wife murder.
1: It's true. She's bowed down to him and she's obeyed him and she does it again and again. So police are listening into this and they're like, dude, what just happened and how do we prove it? Yeah. On January 24th, 2018, armed with the new report from the new coroner, Police simultaneously ambush both Lloyd and Carrie. Lloyd is in New Jersey at his place of work. Carrie is at her internship position in Syracuse, New York. State police tell Lloyd, look it, the medical examiners come back with a determination on the death of your ex-wife. And it's been determined to be a homicide, not a suicide. And Lloyd, I swear, hand to Jesus, he clutches his pearls. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: Then they tell him that they have strong concerns about Carrie's story. Because it's got more holes in St. Andrews. <laughs> the golf course, not the patron saint. Exactly. But Lloyd tells the investigators that he had nothing to do with Michelle's murder. Lies. All right. Lies. Deny, all lies. Deny. And what he doesn't do is exonerate his daughter, Carrie. He wow. leaves her butt hanging in the wind. Wow. Thanks, honey, for being my accomplice to the murder. Yeah. But you've already told the police that you were at your mother's house that night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Did you do this?
1: Yeah. Did you do that? That's what we always <laughs> say to the dog. Did you do that? Yeah. He's he's just leaving her out to dry. Here's what he says. Quote, The only thing I can imagine is Carrie was upset. Upset from the confrontation, upset from being screamed at by Michelle. I mean, who knows how such things spiral out of control?
0: Wow. So he's throwing his own daughter.
1: Throwing the the daughter under the bus. And when the police set up the scenario for him that Michelle and Carrie got into a fight and things get out of hand, Lloyd tells them, quote, she's extremely protective of S, end quote, meaning Carrie is extremely protective of her younger sister.
0: This guy's a total scumbag.
1: He's going to let his daughter take the rap for this. I mean, really seriously. And the police are sitting there going, you are a dick.
0: Yeah, big time.
1: (laughs) They don't say that in any of their uh, interviews, but.
0: He's not going to get father of the year.
1: The Lloyd's an asshole. (laughs) Yeah. So they ask Lloyd, okay, so we've got your story. Would you mind taking a polygraph test? And Lloyd says. No. No. Yes. Really? He says, sure. Oh, wow. And they allow him to leave on his own. I mean, they have to. They're not ready to charge him with murder. Sure. Even though they're pretty sure they've got him, the telephone conversation won't prove anything in a court of law. So they got to get someone to crack. Someone's got to confess. Sure. So they allow him to leave. And he says that he's going to make his way to the state police station in New Jersey to take his polygraph test. Okay. He's never going to make it there. You think? (laughs) Now, while this is happening, all at the same time, while they're talking to Lloyd in Jersey, they're tracking down Carrie at her internship in Syracuse. They don't want them to be able to talk to each other, so they do it at the same time. Okay. And their hope is that they can catch her in a lie. They hope she's going to flub her story. So they ask her during the whole ugly divorce proceeding, did she or would she say in court that her mom was unstable? And she told the police, yes. That she felt unsafe in her mother's home and that she warned, quote, people what would happen. And they just blew her off saying, oh, you're just a teenager and you're making stuff up. Mm. So they're like, was your mom really this volatile? And she's like, oh, yeah. And I told people and they're like, ah, you're just a kid. What do you know? Right. And the police think her answers feel rehearsed, maybe because she and Lloyd actually discussed before They tapped their phones, how she would answer questions about her mom's mental state during and after the divorce. Be aware, none of Michelle's friends think that Michelle is unstable. They just think her husband was an asshole.
0: Right, right.
1: Now, Carrie sticks to her story about her mother. Don't forget, she's had years of Lloyd poisoning her mind against her mom. She says that her mother always played the victim during the divorce. And after the divorce was over, Carrie says that she and her sister's were the ones that Michelle treated poorly and then played the victim against them. Mm. Again, Michelle's friends say she's an amazing mother. She was extremely proud of her daughters. She loved them very much. And Michelle didn't play a victim. She was a good mom. Right. So police need to knock Carrie off her game. She's obviously prepared for these routine questions about her dad, right? Right. So a man named Detective Procopio tells her, look it. We know your dad was not at the hotel in Rochester on the night your mother died. (laughs) So we need to know what really happened. Tell us the truth because he is not and somebody's going down for this. Right. And she broke. Oh, really? This is a 19-year-old kid whose father has placed a tremendous burden on her. And she starts to unravel. It was the pressure the police are putting on her. Yeah. And they sympathize with Carrie. And they tell her, your dad is a master manipulator. But we need you to come clean and tell us exactly what happened that night in Corning. And here's what she says. Quote, my dad came down with me Saturday night, meaning to Corning. He told me that he was out of money. And he was like, I can't afford rent or anything. And he said he was going to kill himself. And Detective Procopio asks her directly, quote, he said he was going to kill himself or kill her, end quote. And Carrie answers, quote, yes, I had to choose, end Oh,
0: quote. gee whiz. Wow.
1: I had to choose between my mom and dad.
0: Can you imagine being a cop and, and hearing that answer? Oh,
1: they are, listen, these cops. They're amazing to begin with. This is a tiny little town. Yeah. And these people did not let go of this, did not let go of this. But when they asked her if he made her choose, she said yes. And then she said, quote, I didn't help her. I didn't save her. I'm sorry, end quote. And of course, she's crying through this confession. Sure. So he said, it's her, me. And now they have Carrie's confession. The wheels have come off the bus. Right. But their conversation with Lloyd, they're all afraid he's just going to put the whole thing on Carrie. Right. And he had nothing to do with it. I don't know what she's talking about. They let Carrie go. They need her to go to her father and tell her what just happened to her in the office where she's doing her internship. And they've got the phones tapped. And Lloyd and Carrie still don't know this. So instead of the police tickling the line, Carrie's going to tickle the line for him. Mm. She has no idea what she's doing. They just want Lloyd to say something that will prove that he was the mastermind behind the entire plan to kill Michelle. Right. Now, I don't care who you are. When bad things go down, you call for reinforcements. You call your parents. You call your spouse. You call your best friend. Carrie calls Lloyd. And when he asks, how's it going? She says, quote, not great. And then the two of them go silent. She's not saying anything and he is not saying a word
0: Hmm. because he knows.
1: Yeah. Not great. So he's like, "Okay, I've been picked up. They've picked her up. She's saying it's not great. What has she told them? Right. And surprise, surprise. Lloyd doesn't go to the Jersey police post to take his polygraph test. Right. And nobody's surprised by this. Sure. Or maybe they thought, well, he's so confident. He's so cocky that he thinks he can beat it. Right. But they are tracking Lloyd by his phone. Remember, he doesn't know this. They're tracking him by his phone. And he's just driving around, eventually ending up in a parking garage on Spring Street in Princeton, New Jersey. And they can see him because there's CCTV on every floor of this garage.
0: <laughs> he, he's not thinking things through, is he? <laughs> yeah.
1: So the police join Lloyd on the top of this garage, and when he realizes what's happening, he climbs onto the concrete ledge of the top floor of the garage, and he tells them, if you come any closer, I'm going to jump. Wow. He's threatening to commit suicide. And it's at this point the police who've just left Carrie are thinking, what if these two had some sort of suicide pact if they're found out? Right. So they keep trying Carrie's phone, and she is not answering Hmm. so they rush to carrie's syracuse apartment to make sure that she's okay and carrie's crying but she is alive and they tell her what lloyd's up to your dad's on the top of this parking garage and he's threatening to jump and when they find carrie alive this time they cuff her and take her into custody but lloyd is still in his standoff and he keeps looking around and over the ledge he's trying to negotiate with the state police or just trying to keep him alive And one of the state police officers who used to play football is there. And when Lloyd turns his head and shoulders for just a split second, this ex-football player tackles Lloyd to the ground Uh like a flying Monday night football tackle. Nice. (laughs) They cuff him. They take him into custody. On January 24th, 2018, Lloyd and Carrie are charged with Michelle's murder. Lloyd is indicted on seven felony counts. Wow. First-degree murder, second-degree attempted murder, first-degree burglary, because he didn't have permission to be in the house. Sure. First-degree custodial interference, tampering with physical evidence, second-degree conspiracy, and second-degree criminal solicitation. Wow. That's a lot.
0: That's a, that's a laundry list.
1: He was also charged with endangering the welfare of a child and offering a false statement for filing. He's a liar. Yep. Carrie is indicted on four counts of second-degree murder, first-degree custodial interference, tampering with physical evidence, and second-degree conspiracy. These are all felonies. She could face up to 25 years to life.
0: I'm surprised they didn't slap kidnapping in there because she took ass. She took
1: the sister. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. They didn't. Maybe wow. that is a uh, custodial interference.
0: No, oh, okay. first degree yeah.
1: custodial interference. That yeah. makes sense. But she can face 25 years to life for her partner mom's murder. Wow. And it's at this point that the case takes an interesting turn. Lloyd's sister comes in from California, and apparently, at Lloyd's urging, she tells Carrie that her attorney fees will be paid if she refuses to testify against her father. The sister said it was just, that wasn't the case at all. This is a big mix-up. I'm just here to offer money to help. No strings attached. (laughs) Yeah, sure. But his sister, Wendy, was charged and spent some time in jail for it. And Lloyd admitted to asking his sister to help him convince Carrie to change her testimony against him. Wow. Now, they let Carrie sit in jail for... Two weeks to think about some stuff. Yeah. And it's then that Carrie agrees to a plea deal. She will testify against her dad. And she, all she has to do is tell the police exactly what she knows. Exactly how it went down on the night of August 26, 2017. Sure. She explains how she helped her dad. She distracted S how she happened on the scene after Michelle was already dead and how she helped him stage the body to be a hanging. And she demonstrates how her father was holding up her mother. Mm. Now, Lloyd had Michelle cremated right after her autopsy was over, but they still had Michelle's clothes. And they searched the shirt she was wearing that night for touch DNA, Mm -hmm. and they find Lloyd's DNA. There you go. And remember, Lloyd was on his way to California when Michelle's body is being found. And according to him, he was never there that night. But DNA doesn't lie. And where the DNA is found on the shirt matches exactly to Carrie's story about how her dad was holding her mother. Wow. And it's only then when Lloyd is faced with the DNA evidence that he changes his plea from not guilty to guilty. Guilty. (laughs) Two weeks before the trial was set to begin. Wow. Wow. He told the court the murder was driven by a desire to take custody of his 14-year-old daughter, something he failed to achieve through a five-year family court battle and the financial burden of paying Michelle as part of a divorce settlement. Lloyd also described how he killed Michelle and staged the scene to look like a suicide before disposing of evidence en route to his hotel and Carrie's college apartment in Rochester. Hmm. Now, Michelle's mom addressed Lloyd... And the court saying, quote, Michelle was one of the smartest people I've ever met. She was our Google before Google. She was full of joy from the time she was born. I can't believe I'll never see her again. End quote. Hmm. During his hearing, Lloyd pulls out a wooden cross and places it around his neck and tells (laughs) the judge, I have found Jesus. (laughs)
0: I didn't know he was lost. I'm
1: paraphrasing. (laughs) I have found Jesus and he begs for forgiveness. And if I was the judge, I'd be like, Lloyd, you're testing the Jesus in me today. Yeah,
0: exactly. And
1: in fact, Judge Peter Bradstreet says, quote, it is not surprising that someone who has done what you have done, sir, would be seeking forgiveness from God. Being forgiven by God doesn't take away the consequences of your actions. A lot of lives have been damaged substantially by what you've done, end quote. Yeah. And the fact that Lloyd is now a so-called man of God, it doesn't amount to much after you've murdered your wife and forced your daughter to become an accessory to your crime. Lloyd did apologize to Michelle's family, taking full responsibility, but he asks for the lowest possible sentence. (laughs) And the Steuben County D.A., Brooks Baker, tells the judge, quote, this appears to be the ultimate domestic violence case. What we learned about the situation indicates an ongoing family court battle over custody for years. There was a family history before that, which culminated in tragedy. What is clear from the evidence is this was not a crime of passion. This was a planned, calculated, purposeful killing. Yeah. End quote. Yep. On December 4th, 2018, Lloyd is sentenced to... Life. Without parole. Good. For murder one. Good. Good. But what about 19-year-old Carrie?
0: Well, that's what I was going to ask, what the plea deal was.
1: She's certainly old enough to understand right from wrong. But at the same time, this kid's been brainwashed sure. by her father. Yeah. It wasn't like Carrie would have ever planned or executed this plan to murder her mother on her own. It was all Lloyd.
0: Yeah, well, once again, I'll go back to the Jim Jones effect. Yes. I mean, you know, the hundreds of people drank the Kool-Aid.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Michelle's mother, Jeannie, wrote a letter to the judge in the case the Honorable Peter Bradstreet, asking him to be lenient with her granddaughter. She also read a victim impact statement telling the judge that Lloyd abused and tortured my daughter for more than 25 years. He involved her girls in torturing her. Michelle was happy. Michelle was loved, and Lloyd couldn't stand it. He destroyed the minds of his children like a cult leader. I do not see Carrie as the person who killed my daughter. He has caused Carrie to lose everything. Michelle wouldn't want Carrie to spend the rest of her life in jail. Michelle would forgive her, end quote. Hmm. But Carrie is responsible to a point, especially in the eyes of the law. Right. So three days after her father is sentenced to life on December 7th, 2018, Carrie is sentenced to, what do you think?
0: Uh, 15 years.
1: One to three years. Oh, wow. For second-degree manslaughter. Wow. Carrie initially pleaded guilty to second-degree murder in the case. But in the light of the confession of her dad, who said he had psychologically manipulated his own daughter for years, mm. the court agreed to reduce the charge. She waived her right to appeal as a part of that decision, and she is granted parole on January 16th, 2020.
0: Wow. And how long? So I didn't get when she went in. How long did she serve? Two years. Two years. Okay. Okay.
1: When Carrie is released, D.A. Brooks Baker had this to say about her, quote, If anything, the more information I have learned about the methodology the father used to get control, the more confident I am this was the appropriate result, end quote. Obviously, so was the New York State Parole Board because they found it appropriate to release her. Now, I think it's important to note that 30 different investigators from various law enforcement agencies worked together on this case, And according to Brooks Baker, the Steuben County DA, it was the first case in their county where a child was involved in a homicide, and he hopes it's his last. Mm. Now, we always love it here when something good comes out of something so horrible. Right. And Michelle's friends wanted to honor the legacy of their friend, and on the third anniversary of her death, they opened a women's shelter in Corning. Oh, wow. The Shiloh Community Church purchased their first decadent house that's what it's called Mm. at 342 woodview avenue in corning it's a place for women to take refuge and a place for women coming out of prison or out of sex work there's a house mom that lives there that gives women a chance to get on their feet it's a place to find comfort from their husband or their situation it's something that lloyd never gave michelle Mm. as for lloyd He is spending the rest of his days in an orange jumpsuit at the Maximum Security Clinton Correctional Facility in Dannemora. No fun, no life, Mm -hmm. no parole. Good. But that is the story of Michelle, Lloyd, and Carrie Nyrider. And that's all I have to say about that. Hey, Hitch to Homicide listeners. Have you read any good books lately? Or have you listened to any good books? All of the Sex and Lies series books, as well as the Jane Doe series, are available on Audible and iTunes. Hotter than hell in half of Alabama, the Sex and Lies series begins with Sex, Lies, and Sweet Tea. There are nine books to listen to in that series alone. Left as a newborn to die in a dumpster, she has no name. Tossed from foster home to foster home, she has no family. With no known past, she's deemed a perfect fit for a task force Washington denies exists. A selective assassin for the United States government, Jane Doe tracks down known terrorists on domestic soil. The Jane Doe books have been called a bit military, a bit assassin, and a bit genius. Start the new year by listening to a good book by me, Chris Calvert, on Audible or iTunes. Or if you'd like to read, go to chriscalvert.com and download some free books. And thanks for being a listener of Hitch to Homicide.
0: Well, Lloyd got exactly what Lloyd deserved.
1: Yes, he did.
0: Yeah. Good for you, Lloyd. Well, and what's really sad is how somebody can be so easily brainwashed and influenced by, you know, by by their parent. I mean, that's just ridiculous.
1: Yeah, but that's years of conditioning. Yeah. Years of conditioning. Yeah. So my heart goes out to her.
0: Yeah, and you know, and I said it before, too. It's the kind of the Jim Jones uh, effect. Yeah. The fact that, you know, she— Idolized him and he just through years of conditioning, yes, convinced her to do whatever he said. Yes,
1: yes, he did. Yes, okay. he did. Yes, he did.
0: All right, well, let's let's lighten it up a little bit and do a little well, bless your heart. We'll bless you all. Okay, so this is a really serious one, so I, I want to get let's bring the lights down a little bit, shall we? <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs>
0: From the town of Gates in Rochester, New York, the Gates Police Department has received reports that highly addictive substances will soon be circulating in our area. These substances go by the name like Thin Mints, Caramel Delights, (laughs) Peanut Butter Patties, and Lemonades. (laughs) <laughs> These substances are distributed by strong, smart, fearless young women yes, they who will are. lure you in with their good cause story and get you hooked. Yes. Many people start with just one box, but one turns into two, two turns into five, and the next thing you know, you're hiding your stash in your freezer.
1: Yes, yes. It's <laughs> a want, true story.
0: <laughs> we want the community to know that we are here for you. We have set up a drop-off location for these Girl Scout cookies at the Gates Police Department, where our officers can dispose of them safely.
1: Oh, it's like Amnesty Day if you want to bring in your Girl Scout cookies. Is that it? Amnesty? What is it when you can bring in your drugs or your—
0: I think that's it.
1: Your— your guns, right? And they right. don't, yeah. <laughs> you can bring in your guns or your drugs, and yeah. they don't do anything about it.
0: No, I thought that was cute. I we usually have some stupid crime thing, but this seemed appropriate. That so, is
1: a bless your heart, bless every little Girl Scout heart out there. And
0: if you see them and they're selling Girl Scout cookies, just buy a box
1: I, or I, two. You know what? They five. make they make gluten free. Girl Scout cookies now, toffee-tastic, and caramel chocolate chip. I know this by heart. (laughs) I know this by heart. You know what? We will post a link to the Girl Scouts. Yep. Because I'm almost positive this is how I always get my Girl Scout cookies. You can put in your zip code and it'll tell you where they are. (laughs) You can go track them down. Yep,
0: absolutely.
1: Well, if you're a Girl Scout or you've got to bless your heart or you know a Girl Scout whose heart needs to be blessed, bless all their hearts. Yep. Absolutely. You can go to -to HitchToHomicide.com. There's a little pull-down menu. You can suggest one. You can also suggest a case. Yep. That's all we have for today. (laughs) That's my amazing husband out there.
0: And that's my beautiful bride in the booth.
1: Join us next time on Hitch to Homicide. (laughs) Bye, y'all.